Hello and welcome to the Adventure Games Podcast. My name is Shorsha Dunbar and I'm your host. Thank you so much for joining me today for episode 12. I can't believe we're reaching, we've reached double digits already. It seems like yesterday I just started the podcast. So I'm here once again with Tomas Bex. How are you, Tomas? Hey, Sir I'm, uh, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I'm looking forward to this episode. Should be, should be a good one. Yeah, we've got plenty to talk about. Yes, we have a lot to talk about. A lot happened. We had some games to review and talk about and discuss, which I am looking forward to. And now before we review these games, so I'll be discussing Firewatch and The Long Dark. And which game will you be reviewing, Tomas? I uh, recently finished Trooper Brook that came out uh, a few weeks ago, and I'm looking forward to talking about it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing. I've heard, but I've tried not to hear too much because I really want to try it, but I have heard you know, different things about it, so I'll be looking forward to your thoughts. And uh, so before we get to the reviews, just wanted uh, to talk about some news. So some games that have been released in the past week. So the first game I wanted to briefly talk about is Heaven's Vault. Not Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate is something else. I already said that. Heaven's Vault is a new game by Inkle Studio. Now, Inkle Studio also made developed the games Sorcery and 80. Days was released back in 2014 and it won multiple awards, including the Time Magazine Game of the Year. So they have some pedigree and nice. they've, been, they've been developing Heaven's Vault the last few years and it has gotten some pretty good positive reviews since it's been released and it's had quite a bit of attention from mainstream gaming media, Kotaku and uh, Rock Paper Shotgun as well gave uh, positive reviews of the game. And so in this game, you need to decipher an ancient language and discover a forgotten past. So very quickly then, the story is you play as an archaeologist called Alia El-Azra. And now this is a bit of like a sci-fi because you explore strange regions of space called the Nebula. You have a robot psychic called Six. And the developer says, an open world of fast-flowing space rivers. You discover lost ruins, explore ancient sites, find artifacts, and probably most intriguing, translate strange hieroglyphs. So you need to piece together the history of the world and entire ancient language. So what they've advertised a lot is that you have these hieroglyphs and you need to translate it. So I haven't played it. I haven't seen too much, but this is what I have seen. And it looks... Really interesting from what I have seen. Uh, I'm looking forward to trying it out. And it's that they also say that you progress through the game in any order you choose. The game's fully adaptive narrative remembers every choice you make, every discovery, and every action you take, influencing what happens next. You meet a diverse cast of characters who remember everything you say and whose attitude to you will change with how you act. Some are friendly, some are cautious, and some are out to trick you. So who do you trust? What will you find? What will you learn? What will you risk? And what will you lose? So the graphics, again, look really, really good. And as I mentioned, it has 
for all positive reviews, I'm just seeing now on Metacritic, it has an average, I believe, to 74. So it's, nice. uh, it's got some good reviews. And I, I, it's, it's, it's one of the adventure games this year that, it, that has gotten a lot of attention from mainstream game sites. So I, I do believe from what I've seen that it could be up there in Game of the Year or Adventure Game of the Year towards the end. As I said, I haven't played it yet. I don't know yet myself what it's like, but I've been keeping an eye on it, and certainly the developers do have pedigree. And I also saw the developer, I didn't get the chance to speak to him, but he gave a talk at Adventure X, John uh, Inkle, and he was giving a talk about dialogue in games and, you know, how to do it well, how to do it not so well, how to, games can improve. So he seems to know what he's doing. He seems uh, to be a very intelligent man. So I'm looking forward to to playing it. So this game is available now on Steam and PlayStation. And yeah, so Tomas, uh, do, you, do you want to talk about another game I believe that was released this week? Yes, uh, a game I was really looking forward to. Uh, it's been on my radar for a while now called Whispers of a Machine. And it is a sci-fi Nordic noir. So uh, I think this might be one of the first adventure games that takes place in Scandinavia. It says it's a sci-fi Nordic noir that tells the story of Vera, a cybernetically augmented detective in a post-AI world who investigates a string of murders and unravels a dark conflict over forbidden technology. That sounds really good. It looks really good. It reminds me a bit of the, um, Techno Babylon and stuff like that. And um, it is uh, developed by Clifftop Games, and it's available on Steam right now. And I think this will be the next one I'm going to play because it looks really good. Nice uh, pixel art. Yeah. Yes, no, it, it looks really good. And it reminds me as well of a Kickstarter game, which I backed recently called Born Punk, which is also a sci-fi noir, which is... Which that game is based is set in an island off Denmark. Okay. Uh, oh. Uh, so that's also also thing to note is that Dave Gilbert was in charge of the voice acting. So uh, we know that the voice acting will be good at least, and I believe many of the actors who appeared on on Avowed and Lamplight City also give the voices in this game. I know what cool. the, the lead actor is. Ivy Dupler, who voiced several characters in Unavowed and Lamplight City as well. She's really talented, so we at least we know in that respect it's going to be good. And these developers also, they made Catty Rain. I don't know if you played that a few years ago. I haven't, I haven't played it, but I can see the resemblance, yeah. Yeah, no, it's very good. It's kind of like a modern-day Gabriel Knight. I mean, I don't want to say it's like Gabriel Knight, but it is heavily inspired by Gabriel Knight. But it's different as well. But it is, I mean, you can see the, the resemblance to Gabriel Knight, but it's a really, really good game as well. So I'm really looking forward to this game. And it's available also on Steam, as you mentioned. And now just some other games that were announced that haven't necessarily uh, been released yet. But uh, firstly, Lord Winklebottom Investigates. This game is back on Kickstarter. It's developed by Cave Monsters, and I'm delighted to say that at the time of recording, it is more than halfway through its uh, its, its pledge. So they're looking for over eight thousand dollars, they or euros rather. 
so it's about seven thousand, yes, seven thousand pounds, and they've reached five thousand euros of the eight thousand euros. So there's still twenty eight, twenty seven days to go by the time this episode is out. So now in this game, as I mentioned before, the story is still the same. It's a 1920s murder mystery point-and-click adventure featuring a dashing giraffe detective. And it will be available for Nintendo Switch, Windows, Mac, and Linux. And so the inspirations the developers say are Agatha Christie and Sherlock Holmes. And also the developers say that it's inspired by Monty Python and the Hammer Horror movie. So it, it looks really interesting on the Kickstarter page. So a lot of influences there, but it looks it looks really nice. Uh, there's a demo available on the Kickstarter page as well if you want to try it out. Now the developers have said that this demo is not the scene is not part of the game, so there are no spoilers. But just to give you an idea of what the game will be like, and they have also mentioned that if they get fully funded, that they would hope to uh, make the you know everything the the gameplay and the graphics and the voice acting as good as possible. So um, it it looks interesting, and who doesn't want to play as a detective giraffe? So if you <laughs> certainly unique, if you want to give that a go, you can. The, the links will be in the show notes. But if you want to give that a uh, try and check it out, Lord Winklebottom investigates on Kickstarter. Another game that I saw that is was announced is it, it interesting? It's called Yet Another Hero Story. So. Uh, very briefly, the story is a noble lady has been abducted and only a hero can save her. Sound familiar? That hero shouldn't be Martin McNish, but life has an odd sense of humour sometimes. And it is your task to help Martin become a hero. Low reflexes are highly recommended to play the game. The <laughs> interface is the simplest possible. <laughs> Player can move, pick up items and talk to characters with a single click. And to say that there, the developers say that there are more than 50 environments and illustrations. And it is... Created in good old and painful 2D way. <laughs> so, um, so now the interesting thing about this, now as you can tell from the synopsis, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's got so from its tongue firmly in cheek. Exactly, and the story seems to be inspired by the Quest for Glory games. Obviously, that's a hero, but it's again more of a parody. It's, I believe more humor. Even though there was humor in Quest for Glory, this has more humor. And interestingly, the graphics and everything from the logo looks very similar to Curse of Monkey Island. And the graphics seem to take inspiration from that. So the, so it seems to be like an odd combination of Quest for Glory meets Monkey Island, which I'm all for. Now, I'm hoping that this game is good. It's They have a trailer on their website and graphics as well. They also have a demo, which people can try. And... I, you know, I'm hoping that it will be good. On, on the trailer, it said it will be out in April 2019, but I believe that the demo is out there, and I believe that they are looking for this game to be released in the next couple of months. So probably by the summer or September, I imagine, around then. But uh, that seems to be a game to keep an eye on. And then finally, do you want to talk about this, uh, Tomas? Yeah, Encodia is a, um, a, a dystopian cyberpunk point-and-click adventure game. We see a lot of cyberpunk lately. Uh, it's it's yes. good. I like that. Um, this is by Chaos Monker Studio, and this is basically their first try at a computer game because they've, basically, they've previously been in film production. And Encodia is based on their own animated movie, Robot Will Protect You. 
and um, it has it's got a lot of the Studio Ghibli feel, and uh, they themselves uh, uh, also compare them as as if uh, Blade Runner met Monkey Island made by Studio Ghibli. So that is a um, quite an interesting combination. And if you look at the game, there's a, a gameplay test uh, um, video online, and that is exactly what it looks like. So it, it's it's um, it's very cyberpunky, but also very um, very unique in its style that they managed to um, emulate the, the Studio Ghibli style. So this is definitely going on my list, although I do believe uh, it's going to take a while before it comes out. The game itself takes place in 2062, but the game is scheduled to be released late 2020. But um, a free demo is planned to be released at the end of May, early June. So we uh, have to be on the lookout for that one. Yeah, so thankfully we don't have to wait until 2062 before the game is released. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that will be long. quite the wait. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it looks incredible. It looks re- really nice. And again, it's, uh, uh, yeah, we need to wait quite quite a bit still. But as we were talking before recording, we still have quite a large number of games to get through before then. But this game looks really interesting. So, again, um the links will be on the show notes if for people to check it out. And yeah, so, okay, we can get on to the reviews then. Yes, and, so, and, and I understand so, yeah, you're going to be uh, talking about Firewatch. Yes, uh, so yeah, uh, the first game I want to talk about is Firewatch. It's made by Campo Santo, and this game was developed by people who used to work for Telltale, and more specifically, who used to who made Walking Dead season one. So, developed the story and the script is by Sean Vanaman, who I believe has Irish heritage, and Jake Rodkin. And they also made Poker Night at the Inventory. So, I think most people would agree that the Walking Dead season one was probably the best season for from Telltale. At least I think so, anyway. So in this game, the year is 1989, you play as a man called Henry. Now at the start of the game, you just have text where you meet a girl at a bar and then you go out and then you get married. And then something happens, which I don't want to reveal because even though it happens at the very beginning of the game, I still think it's a bit of a spoiler, so I don't want to say anything else. But your character then, he retreats to the wilderness of Wyoming to work as a fire uh, lookout. So you are perched high atop a mountain. You are on your own. You're very isolated. And you're living kind of in a tower up uh, up high. And even the, the toilet is all the way down outside. So <laughs> it's, it's, it doesn't look very appealing. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if you wanted to be isolated, you didn't want to talk to nearly anybody, that then maybe people would like it. And so your job in this game, so as the fire lookout, is to look for smoke and to keep the wilderness safe. And in this summer in 1989, it's especially hot and dry and everybody is on edge. And now the character you speak to in the game is a girl called Delilah. She is your supervisor. She is your boss. Now, the interesting thing about this is you never actually see her. Well, maybe you see her later on. I will reveal. But throughout the game, you just talk to her through a um, small handheld radio. 
So the game is first person and it is an exploration game, uh, walking simulator. Uh, I know people don't sometimes don't like the term. I have no problem with it. I like these type of games. Sometimes I like to just walk and explore and and just find out the story this way. And this game is very much like that. So it's a first person mystery. So you speak to your to your boss Delilah, and she is the only person who you have contact with. And now the game starts off. She tells you that there are some people who have explored where they shouldn't have explored. So they're where they shouldn't be in the forest. So you need to go and find them and then find out what is happening and then make sure that they are safe. And this way you get to learn the controls. So you have a map and you have a compass, which is really handy because it's a very big area, very big setting. And I'm very bad at directions. I get lost in my own house. So uh, I still got lost even with the compass and with the map. And in the, in the map, you, it tells you exactly where you are at all times. And it tells you where you're going. And there is a, there are paths. So it is difficult to get lost. I still manage it, but that's more about me than the game. So the game does help as much as it can. And then as the story develops further, there is a mystery that develops that's with some people who may or may not have disappeared. And then when you speak with Delilah, you're not sure how involved she is, if she's involved, if she's hiding anything, maybe she's not hiding anything, and I'm being intentionally vague. And then, But also the, the nice thing about this game is as you're walking, as you're exploring, you also talk to Delilah on the radio. And now you can choose also how much to talk uh, or, or not. Now, for this actual story, you do need to talk to her. But then you can also talk about other things. You can talk about your character's personal life. Uh, if you so choose, you have different choices on how to respond to her. You can be kind of more sarcastic. You can be nice. You can be forthcoming with your life. Or you can say, no, that's my private life. I don't want to talk about it. So it's up to you. And now there are some adult conversations. There is some swearing and they talk about, you know, sex and that as well. So uh, if you are playing with kids, well, maybe for, maybe not. <laughs> uh, no, there's nothing too graphic. You know, there's nothing uh, gratuitous, but, you know, there are adults having adult conversations. And so uh, the, the graphics, I think, look really nice. The, the, it's, it's a large location and you explore the the forest it's first person and they look realistic to me how i i believe they would look and you know maybe it doesn't look like a triple a game but i think considering how i believe mostly two people worked on it it looks pretty good all things considered and i i did like the story again it's it's a kind of a more relaxing experience as i said the game it does handhold you a little bit i didn't mind it because I wanted to focus on the story and the exploration. And I I know some people have complained about, shall we say, lack of interactivity. And it is, even though it's a large location, it is a bit linear. So it's there. I would have liked maybe some, maybe more things to do because you do mostly explore and talk on the radio and then choose the responses. Now, I was engaged in the story, but I would have maybe liked some more to do more objectives or maybe some more side quests and uh, as it as it is it it was it was good I, I enjoyed it i thought the dialogue was really good the voice acting is by 
Sissy Jones, who plays Elijah Shoes in The Walking Dead Season 1, and Rich Summer, who's in Mad Men. And oh. So the voice acting is really good, really strong. The two characters are believable. I always believed in the characters. So it took me about, I believe, five to six hours. It's not a terribly difficult game. You always have objectives. You always kind of know what to do and you need to explore. And then once you get to an area, you need to investigate the area for... Uh, you know, investigate the objects and everything. And overall, I think if you do want a more relaxing experience, if you want an engaging story, then I would recommend this. Now, as I said, it is an exploration game. That That's mainly what you do and speak to Delilah. It might not be for everybody. And now some people also said they didn't like the ending. I was okay with it. I thought that this game had a good ending, that it was... Uh, realistic ending for these two characters and i was okay with that you can get this on believe you can buy this game it is on windows max mac and linux and it's on steam and i believe gog it's also available for nintendo switch playstation 4 and xbox one and it is available for 19 dollars 99 cents so again i would recommend it i liked it uh, so if that sounds like something that you would be interested in, I would really recommend trying it out. So the game, again, is Firewatch. So I don't know if you cool. have any questions about it or if you want, if I, if no, I missed anything. It's, it certainly looks good. Um, looks interesting. I like I like the visual style. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh, realistic, but not too realistic, you know. It's uh, looks right, like beautiful yeah. surroundings. So, yeah, I have to so, put yeah, that so, on my wish list. Yeah, so even though it's it, it, it is uh, you know realistic, you don't need to worry about uh, food and drink and dying of heat stroke or anything because I'll, I'll talk about the next game, <laughs> which is slightly <laughs> different. But um, but yeah, so that game is Firewatch, and so I believe you just finished Trooperbrook. Yes, I, I just finished Trooperbrook, um, which was a game I was really looking forward to. It came out, I think, three weeks ago. And it is, I can only describe it as a stop-motion point-and-click adventure. Um, because the it, is a, it, has, it has a very unique style. The, if I understood it correctly, the entire game was made in a stop-motion fashion. Um, and it looks that way it looks like it's, it's gotten a lot of attention a lot of love in the surroundings and in the uh, characters and um i uh i had a lot of fun playing this um it's a completely new setting it, it takes place in germany in the 1960s so in the middle in the middle of the uh, cold war and um it's so it takes place in west germany and you play a scientist, a quantum physicist, who has won a stay in Trüberbrook. And that is the, the village that he's going to. And uh, once he arrives there, weird things started happening. And he is in, uh, he, he wants to find out what's going on because it tickles his uh, imagination, his curiosity. And it has something also specifically to do with him. And what exactly that is, I will obviously not spoil because that's the... But that's what the story is about. Uh, the voice actors are, I think, all Germans. Uh, they speak very well English, but they have this German accent, um, which is great. I have no problem with that at all. Uh, there is 
uh, it is a pretty linear pretty linear story it's not like you have multiple things going on at the same time it is mostly this is the problem you solve the problem you move on to the next part uh, it's got five chapters uh, it took me uh, six hours and 51 minutes to uh, complete and um, it has it has multiple endings so I might have to replay a bit to see what the other ending uh, will give me uh, which I wouldn't mind at all because uh, it's it's a it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting game it's a it's a fun game it's a it, it looks very nice um, it's not too hard uh, I, I did notice a bit of a change in um, in difficulty between uh, chapters uh, three and four which is not a not that big of a problem but it is pretty linear in, in that way that some people might not like that I did not mind that because uh, it kept the story going forward and it kept me from being stuck too long on uh, on certain puzzles um, so that is that is true Abrook I can definitely recommend it okay that's good sounds like you really enjoyed it then because I had heard different things about it I heard I had heard uh, some kind of like mixed reaction from people but as said I think a lot of games do get that it's it's again it's been in on my radar as a game that I really want to to play as well um did you so did, some people said that they came across some bugs did you come across any bugs when you were playing maybe one or two visual glitches that that okay but but, but nothing nothing game breaking and definitely nothing that took away any enjoyment from the game uh, okay I, that's the only thing I uh, I did uh, encounter and that wasn't a bug, but um, sometimes you know um, you want to uh, keep the pace going. And for instance, there was this one puzzle uh, where you had to do something in a certain order, and I got that order wrong several times. But every time it it wasn't like okay, you, the first time you do it the long way, and then the second time you can just click at them. No, it had to do the long way each and every time that annoyed me a bit uh mm. also for instance um to go somewhere there was this basement i got to go into and it had a very long stairs uh and every time i had to take i had to go all the way down through the stairs um and i was kind of expecting that you know you do that the first time and then the second time you just go through the door and you are immediately down uh, where no, you're supposed no. to be. <laughs> Those were a, a few minor uh, minor gripes I had with the game, but in general, uh, I absolutely enjoyed it. It is a very cool setting, um, and I hope these guys get to make more games. Okay, that sounds good. It's I mean, I suppose it might not be fair to compare it compare this, but it sounds like it's at least with settings similar to Gabriel Knight, The Beast Within, which is also takes place in Germany, in America and in Germany. <laughs> but um, they, um, Well, they, they take uh, a lot of inspiration from TV shows like The X-Files or Twin Peaks. Some things are quite literal because the, the, the main character walks around and you can uh, sometimes make recordings in which he just takes out his tape recorder and makes a journal entry aimed at a woman I, I i forgot the name which is exactly what uh officer dale cooper does in twin peaks 
where he constantly makes these notes on the tape recorder, stuff like that. There are um, there were one or two um, references to uh, Monkey Island uh, stuff. Uh, I think it was Monkey Island, but you know they 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 wear their influences on their sleeve, and it's got a nice subtle sense of humor. And there is there is plenty to uh, to look around and discover. Okay. And uh, what about the, the voice acting, then? Uh, you mentioned that there seemed like real German people. Uh, was, was the voice acting, do you think it was good from the main from the main voice actor or the main character in particular? Oh, yeah. Others, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, that's good. And uh, I, I believe as well, I'm just reading that it is, the full audio is available in English and German. So if you wanted to play this game completely in German, uh, you can uh, do so as well. I might have uh, to try that then. Yeah, now I I don't speak German, nicht sprechen Deutsch, so <laughs> I, I I could try it, but I won't understand a thing. So, and th- then you mentioned that there it's a linear experience, but there are multiple endings. So, are there choices then in in the game that you have to decide? Well, basically, only uh, there's only a real choice at the end, which causes one of you can have I think two endings. And it surprised me a bit. There was also like, you're not in danger of dying, so you can't you, you can't really save. The game automatically saves if you quit, for instance. And the linearity is, as, as I said, in the way you solve the puzzle. You have to solve one thing before you can move on to the next thing. So that that is that right. is why it's a bit linear. There are no really hard choices to make or anything. Okay, so then in the to get the second ending, do you think you could just replay the the end of it, and I think so. Yeah, I haven't tried it yet, but I think that would be uh, uh, that would be possible. Okay, so similar kind of to Unavowed in that sense, I believe that with Unavowed, most of the choices were at the end, and oh, Sharplight as well. Now Unavowed had more choices during the game, but yeah, it was way way more extensive in that way. It, it's not that big um, okay. here, so don't 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 think that <laughs> it's. It's merely like in the end you have to make a choice and that leads to one of two endings. And you want to sit through the credits because there is a fun little mid-credit scene. Okay. Well, sounds interesting. And then in terms of the well the graphics, because again I was reading and one person, I believe, on Steam. Now I know we should take each Steam review with a pinch of salt, a great big, huge pinch of salt in some cases. Uh, they, one person said that they found the game slow, like when they moved the character around. I know you mentioned going up and down the stairs and they moved, found moving the cursor slow. Now, I haven't played it, so I don't know. But in your experience playing the game, did you find it slow or is it different to any other adventure game? Or It's definitely not fast, but if you double-click, then the... the in movement then the character already moves a lot faster so it's it's not a fast paced game no no absolutely not okay and uh, did, did that bother you at all or did were you okay with it no only at the, at the moments as i said like for instance that you have to descend or uh, go up an enormous stairs again <laughs> right <laughs> those are the, those are the things where i'm like uh, that could have uh, they could have make that a bit quicker uh but in, in the final act for instance you also get a map that makes a travel to uh, to the different locations a, a quite a bit faster right okay and then the the graphics you mentioned it was was it hand handmade you said the the game I th- was 
I think so. Yeah, it, it looks yeah. It certainly looks like that. It looks really, really good. And Crafty, yeah, no, on their Steam page, they, they have uh, some some videos of how they made a game, which again, by the, and it seems like it's such a huge amount of of work. Like the the studio was a the film studio, Leica, I believe, who uh, who have who make the, uh, films like this as well. But this game, it seems like a huge amount of work has just gone into it. And um, and I believe the Neverhood was made in a similar way. Uh, so um, okay. And did you think the game was long enough, or did you think it was too short, or do you think it the length was okay? Or would you like it to be a bit longer? Or um, well, obviously I would have loved to play a bit more, but it felt good to uh, to finish it at that point. Uh, I wasn't annoyed that it was short or anything. I mean, I, I, th- I think that games nowadays are a bit shorter. The times that we spend uh, uh, 20, 30, 40 hours on an adventure game, I don't think that's realistic anymore. Uh, right. So these these stories uh, are being told. And actually, I think uh, this character and this setting um, or this idea could give us a sequel. So I really hope we get to see more of this. And yeah, the graphics do look like there's been a lot of uh, effort and a lot of time and a lot of love put into them. So, uh, yeah. Okay. And okay, I think that's all the questions I have. I'm looking forward to to trying it. I really want to 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 play it. And what? And they also mention in their Steam page, as you mentioned, they wear their inspirations on their sleeve that. They said it's inspired by Twin Peaks, The X Files, Stranger Things, and Star Trek. So those are all good oh, things yeah. to be to be inspired by. Oh yeah. And, yeah. I did also says indulge in universal themes such as love, friendship, loyalty, self discovery, and dinosaurs. Okay, now I'm in. I love dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, I can't comment on that without spoiling. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's what I imagined. So. Okay, so that game is Truberbrook, although you mentioned it much better than I did. And it's available on Steam and maybe GOG. I'll have to check it out, but definitely available on Steam. Yeah, also on GOG. I got it on GOG. Oh, And it's also available for Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch. Perfect. Okay, I'm looking forward to trying it out, and I'm delighted to hear that you enjoyed it. So Yeah, very uh, much, yeah. Yeah. Now you, you've you've played another game, right? More of a survival yes. game. Yes, I played. This was back in March. It's The Long Dark. Now, for people who might know a little bit about this or have played this, you might be thinking this isn't an adventure game. So why am I talking about it? And you would be right, but I think that there are parts of the game that may be of interest to adventure game players and people who like adventure games. So I just that's why I thought I would talk about it. also to compare it to the last game I play, I spoke about Firewatch and also it can lead us into a topic which has been online between we were discussing online at thirty a few weeks ago or last week that I wanted to discuss with you see your thoughts as well so uh, so the long dark is as you mentioned an exploration survival experience. It is set in the north of Canada, in the wilderness of Canada, in the middle of winter, in a snowstorm. And also, it seems to be a post-apocalyptic event that has occurred. Now, in this game, there are no zombies or 
kind of supernatural-ish. Well, I don't kind of spoil it. No, there's no zombies in it. Uh, you have to survive more against mother nature and animals and survive in the cold. In the, we're freezing, freezing cold. So this game, The Long Dark, it is was developed by Hinterland Studio, and it was first released on 1st of August 2017. Now, there are three modes, actually. It was first released just as a survival game. So survival mode. So in this game, you were there was no... In that mode, there was no story. You were just in the middle of the north of Canada, in the middle of winter, and you just literally have to survive. And now the game itself, the developers have said it is difficult. It's a very, very difficult game. And it's, uh, now the developers say, so the only way that this mode ends is by your character dying. So you have to survive as much and as long as possible. So you need to keep warm, you need to uh, keep, uh, you need to eat, you need to find food and water, and you need to work on your fatigue as well. Make sure you don't collapse in the mid- middle of, of the snow. So now it, when you die in survival mode, your save is deleted. So, oh. so they call this permadeath. So you better be very careful. And certainly from the mode that I played, it is very easy to die. Now, I did not play uh, survival mode, but that was how the game began. And so you have to hunt fish, trap, and you have to hunt for animals. You have to basically survive and you have to, again, uh, f- you know, find places to sleep and that as well. Watch your calories and condition. Uh, monitor your hunger, thirst, fatigue, and cold. And, and as, as you know, like in real life, you know, when we go asleep and we uh, improve our fatigue levels, then we get hungry so then when we wake up we have to get something to eat and something to drink because that we need to keep warm in the game because in this game the cold is what will kill you uh quicker than anything else so that's survival mode that which it i mean there's aspects of this that are similar to the story mode which i'll talk about there's also a challenges mode which instead of survival mode you have specific objectives so you need, for example, to gather enough supplies to prepare for a monster blizzard before it hits. You also need to escape a bear. Um, you also, you know, different things that you need to do. So there are there were five different challenges at launch with more on the way in the future. So the gameplay is similar to survival, but with specific objectives. Now, the mode that I played on was the story mode. That's the part that appealed to me most. And in this in the story mode called the winter mute mode that uh, you uh, you play in the story. And so now there's also three different settings in this mode. There is the hard setting for the hardcore gamers who, again, you want, you have very few supplies and you to make it as challenging as possible for the survival mode, you have the medium. So if you want to concentrate on the story and survival or you have the easy setting, which developers say that they included this for people like me who want to focus mostly on the story and not worry too much about the survival. And so that's the mode that I chose because I wanted to focus mostly on the story and the setting and the exploration aspect of it. So overall, there will be five episodes of the story. The first two have been released. Now, the two episodes, I believe there's about four chapters in each episode. And they're long. Overall, for the two chap episodes, 
it took me about 15 hours of gameplay so it's oh. uh it's it's a long uh it's, it's long yeah no i believe it took me that uh, that long it might it might be a little bit less it's been 10 15 hours now a lot of it is exploring and it is walking um but yeah so the story is just to set it up you play as bush pilot will mckenzie uh, your f- character's father has just died and he's left you an airplane hangar. So the game starts off, you're in the hangar and you're, you're not, your life isn't going great at the moment. And then your ex-wife, Dr. Astrid Greenwood, comes into the hangar. Now, as I've mentioned, this is in the north of Canada in the middle of winter during the storm. So, and she needs you to take her on your plane further north to the fictional island, which is called Bear Island. She says it is life or death. And she says that she won't answer any questions, but you're the only person she can trust to take her there. And so at first her character, Will, refuses, but then he agrees to take her uh, to Bear Island. Now, on the journey, there is there's some sort of geothermal storm and lightning hits your plane so your plane crashes and you wake up you've been thrown out of your plane and off kind of a smallish cliff now you survived but just barely and your first objective in the story mode of this game is literally to survive so like i mentioned before you need to cure any injuries deal with any injuries that you have then you need to stay warm so you need to build a fire you need to collect pieces of wood around that's uh, lying around and you know build a fire and also find some place to take shelter from the snowstorm and then if you can get some food and drink you can try and get those and then go asleep as well to um to make sure that you have to be recovered so once you have survived the night you then go back to the plane you have more strength and energy you can climb up the cliff you can try and climb up the cliff just after the um, the crash i tried it didn't end well it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's reminded me of the old sierra games where you can walk off a cliff which i did and i died <laughs> and thankfully there's no permadeath in the story mode so i was back where i started and so once you reach the plane the day after you find that your ex-wife is not there there's just needs to be any sign of injury and when you blood or anything you find that there is a bag somewhere so you think that she has gone off exploring to find some shelter or something so you you need to go after her and then you reach a small town called milton and again i don't want to say too much because then you so your main objective is to look for your ex-wife and then you meet some kind of strange characters as well so and that's kind of where i want to leave it because then you also figure out what is in the suitcase why is she so secretive? What happened to your ex-wife? What has happened overall? Because there seems to be a kind of post-apocalyptic event. So anybody up here, they say, the character says, has gone back to the mainland of Canada because they can't get any supplies there. So the story I found intriguing, it kept me interested all the way through. Now, I did, I, I do think that there was some part that were kind of keeping you kind of superficially out of the loop so for example when your ex-wife comes and says oh i need you to take me you know uh, by a plane in the middle of the snowstorm and i have a briefcase i'm not gonna tell you what's in it i'm not gonna tell you why i want you to take me but it just seemed 
it didn't seem very natural because I did think, I mean, we, I, I did think that if you're going to ask someone to do that, you and if your character is the only person she can trust, I think then, okay, maybe in real life she probably would tell you what's in your briefcase and exactly why. And then I imagine your character, Will, would probably say, no, I'm not going to risk my life and your life unless I know exactly why. So it did seem that they didn't reveal this for story reasons rather than real reasons, if you know what I mean. Now, I, I still did find uh, the story intriguing. I did want to know what happened. I like you know, the character. He obviously has a past uh, that we want to find out about. So now the, with the in terms of gameplay, it's first person. And as I mentioned, most of the time that I spent was exploring. Now you need to, like like in a survival mode, you, you still, even on the easy setting, you still need to monitor your hunger, thirst, fatigue, and cold and make sure that you don't collapse from fatigue because if you do in the middle of the wilderness, then you'll die of hypothermia or something. So there's day and night cycles in the game. And in particular, once you reach the town, if you're getting tired, you can sleep in a house or somewhere. You uh, you can sleep in different houses, actually. And you can also bring a, a bed roll with you. So another option is to light a fire and sleep there on the ground for an hour or two to regain energy. And then, so you need to constantly, you need to pick up firewood to make sure that you can build a fire. You can go hunting. You can, you come across, uh, you know, some animals that have been killed. So in the easy setting, you come across some wolves in settings. This setting, they didn't attack me. I was just able to wave the light around and they ran off. And... So now in terms of puzzles, most of it is just, you know, making sure you have enough firewood and uh, food and drink. But also there's a limit to, you can, to the amount of weight your bag can, can take because then if your bag is too heavy, it will slow your character down and that could have potentially devastating consequences. Now in terms of puzzles, there were some puzzles that are they're not very difficult but you need to find, for example, uh, the combination code. So it says, oh, you need to go to the house with the Canadian flag. So then you need to figure out which house is the Canadian flag. Now, it is more challenging if it's in the middle of the night and you don't have much light, because if you use light, that also takes energy, so you need to use it sparingly. And then once you find the house, you need to find where exactly in the house you have the code, and then you have to go back. And now, it took me a long time for this particular puzzle because there was one safe that I was trying to open. There wasn't much light. I was trying to save light. And I was putting in the correct code, but it wouldn't open. And then I I just said, okay, I'll, I'll go to bed and I'll go into daytime. I went back into daytime in the game and I realized it was the wrong safe. So, <laughs> so And I spent about an hour or two on this and I was getting more and more frustrated. But then, as usual, it was my own yeah, my own stupidity. And this, this is the very reason why I don't like streaming games. <laughs> Once that was that was done, and so then in terms of voice acting, it's uh, the voice act, actor for your ex-wife is Jennifer Hale, who also who's did who voiced many characters in many different games, including in Mass Effect and Commander Shepard. And also, David Hayter makes an appearance who voiced Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid. Not, not the last 
Metal Gear Solid, unfortunately. Now, for me, he is still Solid Snake. Hashtag my Solid I love Kiefer Sutherland, but I don't. But for me, he's not Solid Snake. Sorry, Kiefer. But it was great to hear David Hater as well. I think we uh, just lost Kiefer Sutherland as a listener. I know. I know. Sorry, Kiefer. But <laughs> I still love you. Still, I still love Kiefer, but not not a Solid Snake. Anyway, I'm I'm digressing. Uh, it's great to hear him, and now the music is—it's—it's it's not overbearing. In the moments of tension, it does pick up. You can hear it now. It's—it's it's more calmer, but it's—you know—it's—it's it's nice. It's pleasant to listen to as well. And then when it gets more tense, it does pick up then as well. So, as I said, it's a—it's a long game. Most of the. Uh, objectives that you have to do you go to try and complete the objectives it's a lot easier said than done because you are in the north of canada now i i do have to say as well and this kind of takes me on to the topic uh, that the the game even though the developers said that in easy mode for the story mode that this is for people who want to focus on the story and not to worry about survival it's it was still quite hard there for the most part of the game, I found it okay once I got used to the mechanics of the game. But unfortunately, I didn't finish it. Because in episode two, there is a part where you have to fight a bear. Now, you have a shotgun in that. And in real life, you'd use a shotgun. But this doesn't really work on the bear. And then there is this whole backstory of the bear. If it's a uh, you know, mythical bear or something. And so you just, you just need to use a spear. Now, to me, it didn't make a lot of sense because, uh, you know, I, I thought, okay, why won't the shotgun work? And I, I think, again, it felt like the developers wanted more of a challenge because in real life, if you're using a shotgun, uh, that would be easier. But yeah. thought there are different ways it could have gone about it. Now, there is a part in the game, even though it's on easy mode, it's scripted that the bear will attack you and you have to keep fighting. I kept dying over and over again. Now, eventually, I survived the bear attack just after many times dying and just fighting the bear. But then what happened was that my, obviously, fatigue went way down. So after the fight, my character would collapse. And it's in the middle of the wilderness. There is nowhere to to sleep so you would collapse and then die of hypothermia <laughs> so now i'm sure if i replayed the entire episode i could have found or the chapter i could have found another way to make sure that my character had enough energy but at that stage i had played pl- many hours in that episode and i just felt i don't have the patience to go through all of this again <laughs> And I I don't want to go through all of this again to possibly die again by the bear because I read afterwards that the the next section of the game you still have to fight the bear again and that's even more difficult. <laughs> okay. So the developers themselves mentioned it that I think in a future update they might look into that. And so uh, going on to the topic, a few weeks ago there was a game journalist who was playing at this does, uh, this is relevant to long dark now but he what he said he's playing Sekiro and it's a very difficult game and he said he was fighting the last boss he kept dying over and over again and there's no checkpoint so I believe he had to go through a lot of the game again and he said like me he lost patience because again he doesn't have a lot of free time so he may I don't know if he built a mod or used a mod to make the game slower and that that way he was able to defeat the final boss and complete the game 
And he said he has no regrets. He said he was very happy that he did that because he just didn't have the patience or the time to be able to die over and over and over again and play the second of the game again and again. So he said he's happy to use the cheats in order to complete the game and it worked for him. And so he has an article about it, which I will share in the show notes as well. And I agree with him. Now, online, as you can imagine, on Twitter in particular and with other gamers, they said, oh, how can he do this? This is not the way the developers intended the game to be played. And he should have kept at it and he shouldn't use any cheats. And then there are other developers, including Ragnar Hornquist, developer of The Longest Journey and Dreamfall and Dreamfall Chapters, who said that he believed that developers should try and make games as accessible as possible to as many different types of gamers as possible. Now, not necessarily appealing to all gamers, but to try and make, make it accessible. So to have different settings. And now with regard to Long Dark, I would have loved it if they had included a mode just for the story and exploration. I understand that the main part of this game is the survival mode, and it is difficult. The developers have said on their Steam page and everywhere that the game is hard. That's the appeal of the game, and I understand that. But then they also went and for the story mode, they had an easy setting, and they themselves mentioned that this was for people who wanted to focus on the story. Now, in that easy setting, easy, quote-unquote, it's still difficult, and you still have to worry about survival. So if you're already going to that length, I believe that they should maybe try and just have exploration and story mode for people like, like me, or maybe like us, who just want to focus on the story and not to worry about dying of you know 150 million different ways. So... I, I would have liked that, and unfortunately, I didn't complete the game, didn't finish the game. Now, I do appreciate it. I'm not saying this game is bad. I do appreciate the game is is well-made. A lot of time and effort has gone into it. The developers are very talented, and it has some passionate players and supporters who love, in particular, the survival mode. And Now, the thing is, he, the developers put a poll on Twitter uh, asking what would uh, players of the game prefer to focus on, the story or survival mode, and I believe 87% said survival mode. So I don't think if the if developers wanted to get more audience, more people, you know, say the whole adventure game audience to play it, I don't think they would suffer, they would lose anything by having this mode as just exploration uh, story mode. I, I don't think they would lose anything. Unfortunately, as it stands, while the easy mode, overall, it's, for the most part, it, it, it's okay to play, but then this specific section still made it very difficult. And maybe if you're more used to playing these type of games than I am, then I could maybe recommend it. But as it stands, I would hesitate to recommend this game for adventure game players, even though there are aspects of it that I believe that adventure game players like. If the developers do make, to, do make it even easier, then I would recommend it. But as it stands, it's kind of hard to recommend but yeah i just want to get your thoughts as well because i know i'm rambling but what, what are your thoughts do you think that do you think the developers should focus on their vision so if in a game like the long dark that they say it's a hard game it's survival is the main aspect of the game do you think they should focus on that and players who don't like it just don't play it or do you think that developers should try and have different settings you know not even taking away the the main mode 
or just have maybe easier settings or uh, I don't know if you if you have any thoughts on that well I I also play games for the story um, and I, I clearly remember back in the day of the old Shara games like Space Quest and Larry and stuff they would sometimes have these arcade sections that could be quite hard and there was no way to skip them I think in later iterations there was the option to to skip them. Or uh, I, I recently played a game where that had an arcade section, where after fourth failing it for for the fourth time, I got the option to skip it. Um, but back in the day that that didn't happen. Um, uh, the game I recently played, like Mage's Initiation, which we talked about uh, last episode, um, that had the option to choose an easy or more difficult version for the combat, I believe, um, I think that's a good thing uh, because uh, one aspect of a game uh, like that should not hold uh, hold back the player. Uh, the game you played, which is purely a survival game, well, in this case, I think the, the creators just made a choice to make the game that challenging. And they right. will... They will, they will accept the fact that so certain people then will not play it. That's fine. That, yeah. that is fine. Uh, yeah. But I think with a lot of other games, what would be... Uh, yeah, what, I, I don't see anything against uh, separate difficulties. Uh, in adventure games, you see sometimes with remakes of older games that they remake it and they add puzzles. Fine. Uh, I have no problem with that. Uh, sometimes if you play you get the option to uh, have a hint line you know that you can ask for hints or turn that off fine if that helps certain players to enter a game that they otherwise wouldn't have played hey thumbs up for me uh, you always have the option to to play a diff more difficult game if, if I were to play Mage, Mage's Initiation again I might play the combat uh, uh, on a bit more difficult because now I understand the game, how it works. I get better at it. Uh, certain tactical games, like the ones I played uh, with uh, Mutant Year Zero that I played last year, which I loved, but I played it on the on the easiest uh, on the easiest version. And I might try it on a more difficult, on a more challenging version, because I've, I've finished the game. I know what the story is, and now I'm going to focus on some other aspect. While other players who might be less focused on the story in that case and more focused on the tactical part, they will probably go for the more difficult uh, and yet still experience the story. So it's it's basically all about what kind of player you have and, and what if you want to. I don't see it as compromising your vision. But if you, as a developer, see it as compromising your vision by making the making a version of the game that is simpler, then you shouldn't do it. Right. No, I, I agree. Uh, with the, with the long dark, um, I do I do agree with you that this is a decision that the developers have made, and that's the appeal, and that that is fine. I, uh, but they've already made an easier setting. What they say from for people who like the story. So, but I can't. I can't imagine what the hard setting would be like if I hear you talk about it like this. <laughs> it's. I. It's imagine pretty brutal. I. I believe one other person. A pers uh, I spoke to him before. Nate Barons. I believe he said he played it in a survival mode, and what he said was that the game seemed like to 
uh, to say how uh, how do you fare in surviving in the north of Canada in the middle of winter without any supplies? Not well. <laughs> I can concur that. Now I'm not. I don't regret buying it. You know, as I said, I did enjoy uh, you know the, the game. You know, a lot. A lot. I I like the story. I like I like the setting. I love the setting. I love the location. And that's more for me since the developers have already gone this far to try and appeal to people like me to making an easy setting that, okay, if you're going this far, then personally, I would like if they make it easier. Now, I know people might disagree. Now, I'm not saying that they should take away the hard because that's the main part of the game survival mode that I completely agree. I don't want developers compromising, you know, their vision. But I think if you're already trying to appeal to other players who like the story, then but still it's kind of like stuck in between. <laughs> but, but could it could it possibly be that um, there is a way of easierly, more easier defeating this bear, but you missed it? It could be because as well. <laughs> I, I recently I recently played a game where I uh, got stuck on something and I kept trying it, and then um, because uh, you have to, I had a team. I used my strongest characters and I couldn't get past something. And then after several failed attempts, I tried a different team and that team that they did pass. So that it could, could be, could be. It was just because I, I used something that I had, I had overlooked. So maybe uh, the, the, it is not as difficult as you think it is because you missed something maybe. It, and nowadays with the internet, it's easy to find out. That's true. No, I, I mean, I might go back to it at some point. I, was, I, in my, I was just so frustrated that I've been doing it again and again, and I kept dying. And then once I survived a bear attack, my character collapsed and died of hypothermia. So yeah, there, I said, there has but, to be some kind of learning curve in there as well, you know. I mean, I, I don't mind difficult, a difficult oh, game. Oh, I mean, my, myself if, neither. Yeah, but if if uh, I used to play Colonization, I don't know if you remember that one. I believe a little bit, yeah. Not, no, it's, no. It's, I play Civilization, so now I'm taking something else. No, yeah, Colonization is it's also a uh, a strategic game based on uh, the colonization of the of the United States. So okay. you you you, <laughs> uh, you start a city, you start several cities, and you eventually try to wrestle away from uh, the the country that founded you, and uh, that's also quite a hard game. Uh, but every time I played it, I learned a bit more. And eventually I got quite good at it because I learned from my mistakes. But So I, I do feel that a game has to have some kind of learning curve in it to, in order for you. You have to have a, feel the sense that you're getting somewhere, that you're like every time you fail, that you're like, oh, okay, so now I know I, I mustn't do this, that you still learn from it. If, if you just keep failing and you have no clue how to progress, yeah, then then you'll just drop the game and never look at it again because it's been a frustrating experience. Nobody wants that. Yeah, that's, and that's exactly what happened to me in that game because I was enjoying it up to that point, but then at the point where I was killed by the bear again and again. Now, I did improve, but then I didn't find any way of, after surviving the bear attack, my character's health would still drop uh, very low, and then you're still in the middle. There's nowhere to rest, but... As, as you mentioned, I'm sure that there is there is a way past it because other players did. And actually, in that game as well, when I was when my character was walking, and actually I didn't see any place where you could rest, so I kept going. 
and then my character died. But on the second replay, when I came, there was a there is a place, and I I missed it because it's kind of hard to see where you can rest, but you can actually rest there. And thought, oh, actually, you can rest there. So this is where I did, and I got further in the game. So yeah, maybe I I really I get what you're saying that maybe the sub you know, and I agree. Remember, like as I said with the the combination lock where it was me. Uh, so again, it probably is me missing something. So in this uh, in this section, so I might I might play it again uh, at, at some point. I might try it again. Now it is an intentionally hard game anyway, so yeah. I think I just have to get myself survival ready. Game, survival games are always hard. Exactly. So I think I just have to get myself ready for it again. But I thought it was interesting because it it came with the um, with, with the topic where now you know also about the game difficulty in different settings. Now also. There, it, it also, there were some gamers who were complaining, you know, saying that, oh, people shouldn't play on easy. And I think in some cases it can be just maybe arrogant to some gamers saying, oh, you can't, you can only play a game on the hardest setting, you know, like... Um, nonsense. Exactly. There, there was one person who even said that uh, he didn't consider Stardew Valley and Mario Kart as proper games. He said that they're... You know that people who play those games shouldn't consider themselves proper gamers. That you can only consider yourself a gamer if you have a PS4 controller playing Call of Duty. And I laughed at that because I was like, "Oh yeah, what, what have I been doing all my life?" You know, I've been Mario Kart. Now it's not a game. It's, <laughs> but, it's absolute so I, nonsense. I, I, it's just, I think, I think that's that, just yeah. That's just some kind of snobby asshole. Uh, who has no clue about any other games except shooters, uh, trying to uh, paint himself in a, in a better way by uh, uh, punching down on people. It, it's, it's exactly. No no, I mean, I have no problem with shooters. I love them myself. I remember I used to play Medal of Honor and uh, back in the day. So, But again, it's, it's just this whole thing that it surprised me that it seems to be mostly gamers rather than developers because developers seem to be saying yeah sure we want to try and make our games as accessible as possible we want people to enjoy our games okay they're difficult we want people to enjoy it and have different uh game settings and even when i spoke with uh, Corey and laurie cole a few weeks ago they said a new game hero you rogue to redemption you can i believe choose the difficulty of the action as well, and of the RPG, that if you want to play it as just an adventure game, you can. So it's up to the player how they play, and I completely agree. And yeah, in the case of The Long Dark, yeah, it, the, the developers have not hidden the fact that it is a survival game first and foremost, and it is very challenging. Uh, I suppose for me, selfishly, I would, I would like it to be a little bit easier, but I understand if this is the developer's vision, uh, then I understand that. Sometimes uh, you also have well. to earn so, that, right? As well, yeah. So you, uh, have you played Elite, the original Elite? No, I haven't. I played it on the Commodore 64. It's one of the best games I've ever played, and it's very famous uh, for the start with the docking sequence, where you have to pilot your spaceship and you have to rotate it because the do- the, the the docking space is like a rectangle. And you have to fly in exactly right because if you're flying incorrectly, you damage your ship or you get destroyed. And uh, that takes a lot of practice. And the, it'll take you a few hours, uh, wow. if, not, if, not, if not a long time, before you uh, progress enough that you can buy a docking computer. So by the time you get so good at docking, 
you buy a Docker computer and you don't have to do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. No, that definitely. And I remember I played uh, Grand Theft Auto 3 that there was a mission where you had to shoot a plane, but you had to shoot it at the exact spot. And it took me hours to to do it because you couldn't just shoot the plane, you had to shoot it on the exact spot. So I, I do understand that, you know, some games you have to earn them. And even with adventure games, with the puzzles, as you mentioned, for Trooper Brook, that the difficulty ramps up. So uh, that's... And, and even, I believe, on was it Curse of Monkey Island, which had two versions, one version which was an easier setting and into another more challenging setting which had more puzzles as well yeah and, and in that case i would automatically choose the setting with the more puzzles because it exactly, would give me yes. more joy but if uh, as in the case with mage's initiation where the where the, the difficulty is focused on combat and i play the game for the story i would choose for the easier easier especially when i start out if it turns out that it's it's too easy yeah, i'll just go uh, a bit a bit higher Exactly, yes, because in my interview with Daniel Stacy, developer of Major's Initiation, he was, I, I believe he was saying that the, the game was intended with you know with combat, but as he said, if you don't if you don't like that, you can go through in his words empty screens. <laughs> but you know, for you know, people I would probably choose it like that because I don't like combat in games usually. In, in, the, in, the, in the very first games, sorry, another anecdote, uh, in the yeah. Commodore 64, the, the the very first game I finished was a game called Urm Quest for Tires, where you play a caveman on a basically on a on a on a, on a unicycle, and um, <laughs> it was just like you have to duck duck for stuff and jump over stuff, and really basic platformer, uh, left to right side scroller, and um, once you finish the game, you would start over, and it would just go faster. Okay, <laughs> and, and and it would. And it was already difficult. I mean, games, especially in the old days, were brutally difficult. I remember. And, yeah, and and it would just go faster. You, you finish the game instead of of of, of you, you, sometimes you get an end sequence or something, and you would just start over, and it would be twice the speed. Whoa, okay. Well, <laughs> so yeah, that that that's that's the difficult setting of the old days, you know. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely. I think games overall are easier. But um, but yeah, ov- overall, I think unless you know, as we mentioned, developers have a specific vision, more options is probably better depending on the, the case. As you mentioned, with puzzles in a more difficult setting, but then uh, the easier setting for the action, I'd probably go the same. So um, so yeah, okay, I think that's it for uh, this week. Then uh, is there anything else you want to say, Tomas? Uh, what are you playing now or what are you gonna play uh, well i am i just finished playing a game called saint christopher school lockdown so i will be reviewing that game in the next review episode so in two weeks time again and that's uh I'm not sure how many people know about it it was on kickstarter and it was released i believe in 2017 but i will have the review prepared for that and um you know again if people want to check it out it's saint christopher school lockdown it's available on steam and itch.io and right now i am replaying beneath the steel sky in preparation for the sequel so i'm looking forward to that it's been a long time since i've played it i um i played it probably 14 15 years i've only played it once 
And I remember really enjoying it. And I know it's a classic. I know many people like it. So it'd be curious to know. I, I mean, I'm expecting to like it because I really did enjoy it. But I'm curious to know how it uh, stands uh, nowadays, uh, if it's still as good. I expect it will be. But I'm looking forward to, to replaying I think, it. And I joining. think it still holds up. Yeah, from what I remember, you know, when I, I remember when I first played, I thought, wow, this is amazing. Of course, it's from the Revolution Software, who made my favorite adventure game, which I have to mention again, Broken Sword, Shadow of the Templar, which I've mentioned in every episode. But no, this is a game, Beneath the Steel Sky, which I'm looking forward to, to replaying. And, and yourself, do you have any games lined up that you'll be playing or replaying? Well, I... I finished Truberbrook last night, so I have not <laughs> yet started uh, on a new one. I have Beneath a Steel Sky as well, so I might join you in replaying that one, because I don't think I ever finished it. Um, oh. So I might have to uh, to do that again. And um, I think I have another game coming up uh, for review for the Gaming Outsiders, uh, but I'm not sure if that's an adventure game or a strategy game. I have to check that up. So I'm not playing anything right now, but I've got plenty of options to choose from. Okay, so the next, well, the next episode, I will be reviewing St. Christopher's School Lockdown, and we may discuss Beneath the Steel Sky, depending on life, of course. If <laughs> if life allows us to complete the game, we can then discuss what, what we think about it. Yeah, and, definitely. Okay, so... That's that's it for this week, then. So thank you again for joining me, Tomas. And I look forward to speaking to you well. again in two weeks. Thank you for having me. And in the meantime, we're going to enjoy some uh, amazing Champions League football and, uh, and and some fine weather because the weather was great today. Yes, it was. And over the, the weekend. Oh, yes. Happy Easter to people who celebrate it. Uh, at least yeah. over here in Dublin, the weather's supposed to be good. I was outside today, so I don't know how much, how much gaming I'll get done. <laughs> Over the weekend, if the weather is good. Yeah, but, me neither. Uh, but, and, your, and, and your team, Ajax, won. Apologies to Juventus supporters, but congratulations to Ajax. Oh, yeah. There's and something, something really happening there. But, uh, well, now your Ajax are my number one team to root for, so best of luck. <laughs> Thank you. I hope they go all the way. Well, we'll find out, but the next time we speak, you'll either be very happy or not so happy. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do fine. We'll do fine. So, I wish you a very, very nice day and i will speak to you soon thank you very much thomas and i'll speak to so next next week i forgot to mention next week i'll be speaking with jan of goloso games and he'll be discussing his games antenna dilemma which is released on april 24th which i would highly recommend i played it the beta version and i'm looking forward to the full release it will be free as well the first chapter and he'll also be discussing inspector waffles his other game, which will be released later this year. But, uh, yeah, so looking forward to that. So next week, that interview is And then in two weeks, Tomas will be back again. So thank you very much, Tomas. You're welcome. And enjoy your weekend. So if you like the Adventure Games podcast, then please subscribe, rate, and review. Wherever you listen to podcasts, please leave a review on iTunes if you can, as every review helps. And reviews will help get the word out, especially for adventure game developers who appear on the podcast. Now, you can also follow me on social media. You can follow me on Twitter at Advent Game Pod. You can follow me on Facebook at Adventure Games Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at Adventure Games Podcast as well. And we're also on Discord at Adventure Games Podcast. So if you 
our Venture Game developer or Venture Game player, you can follow us there. So again, please feel free to retweet and share podcast episodes and the podcast to people who you believe may enjoy it. And you can also find more information about the podcast on www.adventuregamespodcast.com. So until next time, thank you.